Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Uh, Ellen, it's going so good. Yeah, it is. Um, so today we are going to be talking about A Virgin River Christmas by Robin Carr, and later we are going to award our Best of the Year awards, so everybody stay tuned for that. But first, mom, what have you been reading? Okay, I've got it pulled up. So the last time we did was Bromance Book Club. Yes, with okay. our brother slash son, Ryan. Yes, I remember Which that. you guys all seemed to like quite a bit. So we'll have to make him do it again sometime. Yeah, we'll have to f- twist his arm to do it again with us sometime. Well, after that, I read Edenbrook, mm-hmm. which we did for our last episode. And I also read Heir to Edenbrook, which is the little novella that yes. goes with it. And then I read A Perilous Undertaking, which is the second book in the Veronica Speedwell series by Deanna Rayburn. And I already have the third one ginned up, ready to go. So that's going to be my next read after this. But then I read A Virgin River Christmas. Um, I also read An Heir to Edenbrook. Very short little little thing. Um and other than that, I've read nothing, okay? Everybody just get off my back. <laughs> well, you read A Virgin River Christmas. I did read A Virgin River Christmas. Um, yeah, so not going to lie, you guys. I think both of us are looking forward to taking a little break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, not just reading what we want, but like not reading at all if that's what we wish to do. <laughs> which might be the way in which I go, let's be honest. Yes. Um. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about A Virgin River Christmas by Robin Carr. This is the fourth book in her Virgin River series, coincidentally, a television series of the same name based on this series of books um, just came out on Netflix just this past weekend. Um, Mom watched the first... Uh, three or four? I think, yeah, I think he watched the first four because um, she watched it on my Netflix and screwed everything. While Ellen was at work. Yeah. And I was laying around her Yeah, house. that we should say we are together right now. <laughs> we are together. Um, Mom's been visiting me this yes. this week. Um, and, and so when I visit Ellen, I just am a layabout all day while she's at work. Yeah, she just hangs out and reads and watches stuff with my dog. And um, I work. Yeah, that's the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> she lays about like a Willy Wonka grandparent. And yes. <laughs> yes. And... I sing, you know, things while making laundry soup. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so we, we are together this weekend. I watched the first episode of the series. Mom watched the first four episodes. And it obviously is centered more around the first book's couple. Right. I, I don't know if they're going to do like a different couple each season or if there's yeah. going to be more seasons or how it's going to play out. Yeah. I mean, I already can tell what couples are going to be set yeah. up. They're already got that arranged. And if anything, I was afraid that, uh, I was afraid that the series might ruin some things in the book for me, but it's actually the other way around. No, it's, you were worried the book was going to ruin the no, series. No, the book did oh. ruin the series yes. for me. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so right. there's things I don't know yet in the series, but then I was reading the book. I was like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that goes. <laughs> that's how that happens. So... Um, okay, so here's the back cover description. What? For this Ugh. book. Sorry, guys. 
Um, last Christmas, Marcy Sullivan said a final goodbye to her husband, Bobby. This Christmas, she's come to Virgin River to find the man who saved his life and gave her three more years to love him. Fellow Marine Ian Buchanan dragged Bobby's shattered body onto a medical transport in Fallujah four years ago, then disappeared as soon as their unit arrived stateside. Since then, Marcy's letters to Ian have gone unanswered. Marcy tracks Ian to the tiny mountain town of Virgin River and finds a man as wounded emotionally as Bobby was physically. But she is not easily scared off. As Marcy pushes her way into his rugged and reclusive life, she discovers a sweet but damaged soul beneath a rough exterior. Ian doesn't know what to make of the determined young widow who forces him to look into the painful past and what's worse, the uncertain future. But it is, after all, a season of miracles. And maybe, just maybe, it's time to banish the ghosts and open his heart. So, Mom, what did you think of A Virgin River Christmas? Helen, I really liked this book. I thought it was a really fun read. I enjoyed it immensely. We had I don't, a, I don't know if it's quite a love, shy of a love, just a hair shy of love, but I really, really liked it. I'm at a, we actually haven't like talked much about our no, feelings on this book. Um, I'm more at a liked it level. Um, it had a lot of things that I like in the book. First of all, I like military men. Yes. It's a thing with me. Yeah. I like military men. I like, um, you know, bearded, grumpy heroes. Well, there's forced proximity. Forced proximity. Yeah. Um, I did like that. I'm a NorCal girl, so I loved the NorCal stuff. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of these places that they talked about, some of them I could tell were kind of made up, but a lot of them that they talked about, I was like, oh, I know where that is. And yeah. I know, you know, of those places. So. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about, I had one big thing that was a problem for me that I have a question about later on that we'll get into. Um, well, I have a question too, because there's a reason I asked you when this book was written. It was 2008. Yeah. Cause I, there was a thing I had an issue with that we can talk about later. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, so I liked it. I liked the forced proximity of it all. Um, but it wasn't super forced. I mean, they both had a chance no. to get out of it. Yeah. And they both said, well, okay, if she wants to stay, I'll she'd stay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and it really made me want to, like, go camping or at least roughing it for a little while. It made me want to rub my hands through a beard. <laughs> <laughs> and take a shower. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make me want to take a shower. <laughs> Shave my legs. Yeah. Um, okay, Mom, what did you think of Marcy as our heroine? I liked Marcy. I would think, I think actually Marcy might be my favorite part of the book. She was great, and I loved how when he was all gruff and rough with her at the beginning, she's like, I'm just going to stay here until he lets me in. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked her gumption. Yes. And um, loved how she kind of like weasels her way <laughs> into his heart. Yeah. And, um... I think my favorite moment, though, is after she, like, sends her sister away and she just comes traipsing back into his house. And so just, are we drinking tonight? <laughs> just kind of, like, throws herself on his couch and is just like, hey, well, I'm back. <laughs> and he's just like, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I really liked her. I liked, you know, people keep talking about how stubborn she is and she is very much that. Um, and... I liked how she had this 
thing that she knew she needed, needed to, to do, do for yeah. some reason. Um, and she did it and she wasn't going to let things get in the way, even if she was like freezing to death, you know, yeah. Yeah. in her car. And I, you might bring this up later, but I cried multiple times in this book. Ellen did not because I have a soft heart and Ellen is heartless. I teared so, up. Whatever. you. <laughs> I teared up once. Uh. But I, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where my liked comes in is that for whatever reason, I just wasn't emotionally connecting to this book as much as I could tell I was supposed to. Um, and we'll kind of get into part of why I think that is. But... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And like we've talked about, it could be headspace because I was also trying to hurry and read this book. Yes, you were. <laughs> Just as a, as a thing. Well, I thought I was going to have more reading time in the week and I did not. So um, anyway, um, what did you think of Ian Buchanan as our hero? I... I liked Ian. Grumpy hero alert. Yes. And bearded, bearded grumpy. Jack <laughs> grumpy hero yeah, alert. That's true. <laughs> I did like all that. And I don't know. I just kind of liked his, I liked, you know, that he was living this isolated life and I liked his journey of figuring out that, you know, maybe he missed being part of a group. And mm-hmm. I, I liked how much he liked her you know, bouncing her way into his life. and Yeah. Yeah, I did like that. Um, my favorite thing that he did was whenever, like, because they were in this one-bedroom cottage or cabin, and it's like, anytime he changed, it's like you could stare and get the thrill of your life. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm on board. Um, so I liked all that stuff. One thing I did not like about Ian was all the little girl stuff. Oh. Well, I don't think, but I don't think it was because she was young. It's because she, she was, was small, tiny. But uh, I just don't like that. And here's the thing: I think that is probably a thing that's not going to age well. Is some of these diminutives that happen? That's in, probably true in romance. I think that I don't know. Yeah. It, I well, just don't I'm like not it. a f- huge fan of um, endearments. Endearments, generally. But it was something when he called her honey, and she's like, did he just call you honey? <laughs> I did like that. See, I like that, but I I don't know. He called her, like, little girl too much. And I and, and I think it's just because he was big and brawny, and she was, you know, yeah, yeah, petite. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I liked I liked all of his stuff about... I do have a problem with it when they're, like, 17-year-olds, and they're calling yeah. them little... Girl. Well, and I think maybe part of my problem with it was because he was first introduced to her when she was kind of a little girl. Well, 19. 19, but she was married. I mean, it's not like he was thinking know, of her that way. But I know. I'm just, just cool your jets. I'm just saying. <laughs> listen, this is usually your hang-up. So. <laughs> it is usually my hang-up, but, you know, it's not so bad in this book. Yeah. Um, I did kind of like his journey into kind of figuring out that, you know, he kind of just went up to the cabin to, he went up into the mountains to kind of reevaluate and kind of get some space and then kind of realized, like, I've been here too long. And maybe this isn't what I want slash need 
anymore to be up here by myself. And well, I liked when he was helping them look for the boy who was lost, and um, he began to realize, I like working with these guys. I like yeah. being part of a, a group again. Yeah. And um, I wrote down this line for him, and he wanted someone to care enough about him to try and find him. He wanted someone to love him. It had been so long since anyone had loved him. And I think, you know, like, she even, because when she goes up looking for him, she's like, you know, he's got people that want to know where he is. He's got his dad and this ex-girlfriend to a certain extent. And he goes, she goes up and kind of talks to him and is like, no, they don't care enough about me. No one cares where I am. You're the only one who cares about me. Yeah. And so I liked that connection that they had. Um, and I also wrote down this one for him. The worst thing she'd made him realize was that this skinny little redhead had held up through Bobby's devastating demise better than he had. And, um, just kind of like what he takes away from her in terms of like moving on and, well, and I liked I liked her whole outlook on what she'd been through instead of being well because he had he had thought that she, he ruined her life right he because, brought back this broken soldier for her to have to care for and he thought that you know dumping that on a twenty year old girl mm-hmm. was just the worst thing that he could have done and in reality she's so glad that she had that time with him even though you know he wasn't you yeah. know responsive but. She was so glad that she had that. Well, she got to get some closure, right. you know, on was that able to chapter. Care for him and then able to tell him goodbye. and Yeah. And um, <laughs> I love when when he tells her, like, you must hate me. And she's like, gosh, I wish you had read my letters. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the letters. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really, I really liked, you know, that they kind of sort that out. Um, what... Did you see, this is kind of a good segue, what did you see her journey as being? Why do you think she, what was the purpose in her meeting him, besides falling in love in a romance novel, like, what do you think it was that she needed to get out of? What she needed to get out of it? Because I really think, I really think that it, I think he got more out of it than I don't want to say more um I think he needed her I think he really needed her mm-hmm. um and um are you going to ask about the sermon no okay because I'm, I'm going to talk about that now okay. um in the book they both go to church and he won't let her sit by yeah. <laughs> sit over there <laughs> which is kind of cute but um because he said, you're the kind of people people want to come and talk to. And I don't want to even come to talk to me. <laughs> She's okay, I won't sit by you. <laughs> and um, so, but the sermon is all about the Christmas star and about how that led everybody to the baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then we all kind of have our stars in our lives that that we're working towards. And we have these things that we feel that we have to do and we have to complete. And, mm-hmm. and it was, and it, you know, made her realize that she needed to do this thing. And then... She prayed, and this was very moving for me because she prayed, but she didn't pray to God. To God, she prayed to her husband. She prayed yeah. to Bobby, and I remember, you know, I don't do it as much as I used to. But at, right after my mom died, I would pray, but I would pray to my mom because I would be like having a conversation with my mom, and mm-hmm. and I would um, ask her questions and ask her for help with things, and it was like 
this conversation I was having with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I guess it would be a prayer because I don't think the Lord would ignore it because I didn't address it to him. (laughs) But um, so I I related a lot to that experience that she had. And um, I don't know if what she had to do, I think, I think what she had to do is make sure he was okay. I think that's what her journey was. She just, and she could have just said, okay, he's living his life. He's fine. He's okay. But she never really felt like he was actually okay. Okay. And I think that that was what, I mean, if she found him and really felt like he was happy and doing well, she probably would have just moved on. But I think what she needed to get out of it was seeing that Ian was okay. Yeah. Um, She felt she owed him at least that. Yeah. And I, and and he didn't get it, I think, because, and I think a lot of her family didn't get it because it's like, what's, what's the point? Like, you know, he, he, he deserted you. Yeah. Why do you need to do yeah. this for him? And I think, she, but I think she kind of gets the, the soldier experience better than a lot of her family does. Right. And or that, even his family. And that, yeah. And that there's just a certain toll that it takes on these guys and that even the people who survive and, you know, are fine and don't come back in a, you know, vegetative state, they they need some attention as well. Right. And the fact that he had brought her husband back to her and she had that time with her husband before he died, I think she felt the least she could do for Ian is to find him and make sure he was Well, and the other thing is because, like, her sister is, like, he... He, you saw him. He came back and he saw you guys and he just left. But I think she recognizes that there's more going on than he just abandoned them. Right. That maybe this has affected him in a way that, like, other people are not seeing and recognizing for him. And she, and I don't think she was quite sure of that even when she was setting out to try and find him. But, you know, she recognizes that he needs a little outreach as well kind of thing. So that's what I took it to be. Um, Okay, so here's here's my my qualm. Did them falling in love come as far out of nowhere for you as it did for me? The only reason it didn't is because this is an effing romance novel and I knew that they were going to get together. But I felt like... It was, they were having, they were becoming good friends. They were, you know, I didn't sense really any sparks between them until they started having sex. Well, I did in that when you would get his perspective, you know, when you would get his perspective, you would see that he, his heart was melting and, and, the changes that were coming about in him, I think he realized were because of her and he didn't want her to go away. And those are all signs that he had. A thing. I guess I just never like up until this times when they start up until the time when they started having sex, like I wasn't getting any like romancy vibes. I was just getting like they're there for each other vibes. And well, sometimes that's what romance is. I know, but I don't know. I and Again, maybe not right mindset and stuff like that, but... And heartless, like we mentioned. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but it just, I don't know, for me, it was like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Like, this is when this is happening. And 
there wasn't a lot of like I didn't think romantic emotional build up to them coming together. I I can see that, I guess. I didn't have a problem with it, but like you said, it's a romance novel, so you know they're going to wind up together. I know, but like other than that, I didn't feel like I had any indication that they were headed in a romantic direction. But they went out on dates, and they did things like that. That didn't clue you in? I didn't ever see it as that, though. I just saw it as like, I don't know. (laughs) And nobody else mentioned it in the comments, so it's probably just just me. But I don't know. It just kind of... and. That kind of threw me a little bit, and I was just like, oh, okay. I guess we're doing this now. I guess we're in love now. (laughs) And like, we're in love. It's not even like we're hitting it and quitting it. It's like they're in love now. And it's like, oh, okay. Sometimes love is like that, Ellen. Sure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. How necessary or prevalent was Christmas to the story, would you say? Um. Not terribly. I think it was more relevant that this was the year anniversary of when Bobby had died. died. Right. Um, but it's also like a nice sentiment for Christmas. Well, you know? and it gave her a reason to have to be going home. Yeah. And that was part of a big thing. You know, they wanted her home for Christmas. Um, it, the tree... The tree with the badges and everything on it, I think that could have been done in a different way so that could have played out differently. But, um, you know, in his singing, it was nice when he was singing. Yeah, I think that just people in general start thinking about this kind of stuff more at the holidays and stuff. So um, maybe it made it more. Also, you know, the weather affected the story a great deal. The weather outside was frightful. Oh my gosh. But the, the fire. fire. <laughs> so delightful. Especially since it was the only heating <laughs> yeah. in this cabin. Oh. Um, I wouldn't stay with him. <laughs> I know you wouldn't. I, how long would I put up with that? That's a good okay, question. Okay, so here's thoughts I had. Sorry, guys. So when things happen, as female things happen, I was yeah. always like, how is she going to deal with stuff like that when she's like... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. See, that's the kind of stuff I was thinking of. Because she how was are you there. Gonna have, how are you going to have your period when you're... She, she was, was there for long enough to well, probably... she was there for a couple weeks. Doesn't necessarily mean that she had her period then, but... She um, timed it just right. How would you deal with that, though? Like, if you just had the outhouse and close proximity like that to some dude. Mom, people don't have... Heroines don't have periods in romance novels. Have you not noticed that? <laughs> well, I sure get pregnant, so... <laughs> someone's doing something at some point in time. <laughs> um... What was what was your question that you... Um, it's coming later when you ask me another question. Oh, okay. Uh, well, let's talk about sex, babe. And babe. here comes my thing. <laughs> okay. So there was a lot of sex being had in that cabin and no condoms whatsoever. So, mm. and we, all, we already know she doesn't have a period. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious. So, so maybe they weren't concerned about it. <laughs> um... We don't know for sure that he doesn't have some up there. Okay, okay. I mean, but it's not talked about that they're being put on. One of my favorite lines was after they had sex the first time, and she says, well, what were you thinking about during that? And he's like, I was thinking, I sure hope I didn't forget how to do this. And he says, what were you thinking? She says, I was thinking, I sure hope he didn't forget, forget how, how to do this. this. That was funny. That was funny. Um, but I was like, huh, no mention of any condoms anywhere. And I, I can't imagine either one of them saw this coming so that, you know, we're prepared for it. Maybe, so. like, 
dinty more stew is like a morning after. That's dinty more stew it is. <laughs> so all you girls. <laughs> We're going to get a call from like the FDA. Like for. Did you guys say that <laughs> dinty more stew keeps, prevents pregnancy? What is the matter with you people? <laughs> I don't know. I was just concerned about that. And um, especially since when they were having sex, it wasn't. You know, didn't look like she was going to be there forever. This and- is another thing that I've noticed, like, in... I mean, so this book is 10 years old at this point. But even just something like this, I've noticed, is a thing that is being covered more yeah, extensively definitely. In, in contemporary... Yeah, in more modern books. But, yeah. Um, so that was a concern that I had. <laughs> I was worried as, about that. As a Maybe, mom. He's a mountain man. Maybe he had, like... I don't know, sheep stomach, you know, or something. No, that's how they used to do it. I'm aware. Gross. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so that concerned me. Let's talk about other aspects of the sex that oh, are okay. more sexy. There was sex. There was sex. It was fairly mom-friendly. Because yeah. it was kind of more like, and then this happened. And then the next morning, it well, happened and then, and then the first time, you know, we always get a little more description. And then after that, it's just, we had sex again. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty mom-friendly. So, what was your swooniest moment in this one? Okay, this was my swooniest moment, because when I was reading it, I was thinking, oh, yeah. When he washed her hair, like, oh. for the first time, and he's massaging her oh, scalp. I love that. And he heated up water for it, and I was just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what a turn on that would be. That is- <laughs> I would just take me now. That is nice. Um, that's a good one. I r- picked... When he saves Travis and doesn't tell her. Right. And then she finds out, like, Preacher, I think, is who tells her, like, yeah, it was him who found her. And she was like, of course he didn't tell me. Because yeah. that's just the kind of guy he is. Right. And, um, yeah, I liked I liked that. I also, like, honorable mention put when he sings at the end. And yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. And all that stuff. So. I mean, he played Danny Zuko in Greece. He's got to give him props for that. <laughs> well, and I love how she's like, you were the freaking star. And um, yeah, just that he was trying to be all like bashful and yeah. talk about what a slut he was in high school. Okay, <laughs> um, let's hear what some listeners thought of this one. Catherine said, what stood out to me about this one was the conflict. I liked that the conflicts were so practical. She could not use the typical small town romance solution and moved and move to the cute town with him. There is literally no better toilet to make that work. And it's not like he has this secret stash of money lying about. Which, again, would be what I'd expect normally. I thought that maybe the man who left him the house also left him tons of money. I kept thinking that there was going to be some... Like, they were going to find out that the value of the mountain was I really, much higher. It bothered me that there wasn't an epilogue in this one. Because I really wanted to know... How all that works out. what this is how I formed it in my brain. And I don't even know. I haven't read any of the other books in this series. So this is what I think should happen, even though I don't know what happens. I should say also, a listener told us in the comments what happens to them. Oh, I didn't read that, because I never read those. But I think, see, Jack and Mel live in this house that they fixed up for her. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that they are probably going to have to move, because, you know, all the babies. And um, so they'll have to get a bigger house. And then Ian and... uh, Marcy. Marcy can move into their little cute little cabin that they have. And he can still do his logging on his mountain and, you know, use that as a hunting shack or whatever. 
but it would be really hard to fix it would be really expensive to fix that place up so it's plumbed and everything so that's yeah that's my concern it's true um yeah maybe maybe i'll get into what a listener told us actually goes down with them and the rest i would be curious to know i'll give a whole spoiler alert though when we get to that Catherine continues, so they have to be creative about how to make being together work. I can't wait to hear mom's thoughts on the conflict. This is, no, they turned off their cell phones. Um, yeah, it's true. I think yeah. the conflict was, it was good. It was good, and and I think they handled it as best they could. Yeah. In terms of humor, I'm a sucker for a good outhouse joke. Uh, I found all those moments quite charming. The copy that I read had a cute novella about puppies in the back of the book. Love a good fictional puppy. Um, Mom and I were just talking about how I just love dogs. Ellen does love dogs. And we went to a movie today and they had multiple previews of dogs. Or at least yeah, m- multiple trailers that had dogs, uh, in, dogs them. in them. And I was like, Pfft. you know, they make us cry every time. Stupid yeah. dog previews. I, I, I'm a sucker for a good dog. Um... Cassie says, I really tried with this book, but I ended up DNFing it at 70%. Oh, you were so close to the end. Uh, Ouch. It was way too saccharine for me. The heroine is supposed to be in her mid-20s, but she talks like a woman in her 70s. I don't know of any 26-year-olds who say, boy, howdy, or genuinely refer to, or genuine, genuine lines. Genuinely. There you go. Uh, refer to their butt as their fanny. She also used the term hopeless invalid to describe her husband who was in a coma. Ooh, I don't, I didn't catch that. And why was Ian roaring all the time? Was that supposed to be sexy? I read a Goodreads review that said it best. If he roars at you when you first meet him, girl, he's not the one. <laughs> I, I don't know that I would agree with that. I think I think he was he was trying to keep himself isolated. That's what the roar was about. Well, and I didn't... T- I mean, I don't know. Like, they, they talked like it was an actual roar, but in my brain, I didn't quite... More of a growl. ...put it there, but... Um, well, the neighbor said he heard it from time to time, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, her language didn't bother me too much. I guess I've, A, watched enough Hallmark movies and... B, read enough small town romances in the past that I guess I kind of overlooked that a bit, but. Well, I think I referred to it as a fanny, but I am not 20. <laughs> yeah, that's, boy, howdy, ain't that true? <laughs> Uh, Beth says, it's been a long time and I could not squeeze in a reread. I don't think I'd have jumped into the series here. Robin Carr is a master at building on a long running series. I am anxiously awaiting the Netflix series and hoping they do it justice. I read almost everything she's written. The Hun- the Thunder Point series is great and the Sullivan's Crossing series is amazing. Um, yeah, I can see like that she's definitely built up this whole... Yeah, but there's like 20 books in this series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Sorry, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, especially not these days. Um, Natalie says, I just finished this one last week and kind of can't remember it. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) that's an indication of my connection to this book. I do remember appreciating that the mountain man was an actual version of a mountain man complete with canned soup and an outhouse and not some billionaire living in a secluded, tricked out cabin. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lori says, I appreciated aspects of the story, but overall it wasn't really for me. It never fully sucked me into the whole 
virgin river scene i had expected that it might pique my interest enough to read the whole series but it didn't although i agree with Catherine's earlier comment and think preacher's story might be worth reading ultimately i was left wondering what comes next for marcy and ian but not in a positive way as I generally want from a romance. I think at the end I was probably more concerned than confident in their future together. Would y'all consider this more of a happy for now ending than a happily ever after? I mean, they didn't exactly resolve how they make a life together from here, did they? I've never thought about it before, but maybe I just prefer a full-blown happily ever after as opposed to a happy for now. Nara says, it was a sweet book, but nothing extraordinary, and I missed an epilogue because I wanted to know how they figured things out. The life in the woods part was very believable. I'd like to read the side characters book one day. Yeah. Um, Jason says, I, singular male listener, Jason, sorry. Yes. He does have a title. Yes. Um, (laughs) he says, I enjoyed the book. It was not a love, but I did find it cute. I do love a good stubborn heroine, which she definitely was. And Michelle says, I've actually read this whole series, and it's a comfort read for me. I found this book quite charming. It relies less on the series and gives Ian and Marcy a chance to fill their story without a major reliance on the main characters. I love how tenacious Marcy is, and I love a grumpy hero. I found certain parts extremely emotional, and I admit I cried when Marcy talked about Bobby's last days. This, uh, she says, no, this book actually takes place sort of in the middle of book three who is, I believe, Jack's sister. Jack's sister. And and then Michelle is who kind of filled us in on what happens with them. So I'm going to issue spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you have any desire to read the rest of the series, um, don't listen to what Michelle says here. She says, spoiler, don't read if you don't want to know more. They appear again later in the series. Marcy's sister, Erin, has the cabin completely renovated with a bathroom and built out with a bedroom and real comforts when she stays there for a break. She has her own romance in Virgin River. And I thought she might, yeah. And she says, Marcy and Ian are living in Chico and Ian working as a music teacher and they have a baby. Oh, I like him as a music teacher. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So that's that's what ends up happening to them. I don't know if I'd want to live in Chico, but, you know, that's just... <laughs> that's the Northern California preference, the Northern California girls in us. Um, so, yeah, so that's what everybody... I thought quite an interesting yeah. mix. I Spectrum. think kind of most everybody is kind of where I'm at, where it was just like, yeah, I liked it. I don't know that I'm going to remember this one. And I was... I, I got emotional when she was reading the letters you know, the letters that she written. And I loved when she said that she hated reading her own letters and all the stupid stuff she said and about how if you die and go to hell, they're just going to sit and read letters that you've yeah. written. <laughs> I, I can buy that. I thought, I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. Um, but uh, when she was reading her letters to him and, and his thoughts during all of that and um, then her describing to her last time, you know, bits time of time with body. her husband. And those are the things that made me That's emotional. where I got teared up a bit but I did not mom was like full-blown crying well somewhat yeah okay judgy much yeah 
Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on A Virgin River Christmas by Robin Cart. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On January 6th, four weeks from now, uh, we'll be discussing Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore in our next mini episode, which is the beginning of our next reading list, which I am going to go over a bit in the break. So stay with us for that as well. But for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be awarding our Best of the Year awards. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Just so you guys know, listening to it is bad enough, but watching her do it is really difficult. Whatever. You love it. And I make it even more yeah, loud and annoying. She really goes all out. When you're here with me. <laughs> um, okay. So for today's break segment, we're going to go over the reading list for the beginning of 2020. Crazy that we are into 2020. It's crazy. Um... So on January 6th, as I previously mentioned, we will be reading Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore. On January 13th, we will be doing a full episode for Well Met by Jen DeLuca. On January 20th, we are going to read All the King's Men, The Duet by Kennedy Ryan. So that is um, two books, The right? Kingmaker and The Rebel King, I think is... Now I'm, I'm blanking. Blanking on what they both are called, but... All the King's Men Do Up by Kennedy Ryan. So that's two books. Um, and then on January 27th, we are going to read Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. On February 3rd, we are going to read The Virtuoso by Grace Burroughs. On February 10th, The Chocolate Thief by Laura Florand. On February 17th, Moon Called by Patricia Briggs. On February 24th, My Fake Rake by Eva Lee. On March 2nd, Lush Money by Angelina M. Lopez. On March 9th, Becoming a Vincent by C.M. Owens. On March 16th, Wicked Games by Jill Miles or Jessica Clare. She's got two different names. Um, on March 23rd, we're going to read Magic Bites by Ilona Andrews. And then on March 30th, which was why usually I would just do the reading list for... Um, the winter, January and February, but I decided to push it out because on January 30th is our 100th... March 30th. March 30th. What did I say? January. On March 30th, <laughs> we are going to be having our 100th episode. Can you believe it? I cannot. If you have something you would like to see us do for that 100th episode, let us know because we are open to <laughs> any and all suggestions. We don't know what we want to do yet. Yeah. Um, super excited for this list. Um, we're excited to dive back into it after a break. <laughs> um, so we hope to see you guys in a month, uh, for the beginning of that list. And yeah, we're excited to do another. And in the meantime, just re-listen to old episodes that you love so much. <laughs> or read the books that are coming up. There so you that go. You're, which I wish I could kind of do. But Get ahead of the game. Yeah, but I don't think I can. Um, so yeah, we're excited to dive in and, you know, reach that 100th episode milestone. So 
we are excited to have you guys along for the ride and we'll see you for all of that starting in January. Perfect. Bye. Welcome back. So we are, this is our final episode of 2019. And as we did the year previous last year, we wanted to do our kind of best of the year awards for um, 2019. And uh, we had you guys kind of also weigh in on some of your picks for the categories that we have and works. We had fun kind of picking out this list. Well, some of these are very hard to choose. Yeah, some of, <laughs> and some of them were more difficult. The other thing I will also say, which we also tried to do last year, is um, we try to spread the love. Right. So even if there's something that we think could win, you know, across the board, um, we try to kind of not give... One, we, we try not to give multiple awards to one book. We'll right. Put it that way. Is that how we feel? Um, okay, so let's just dive right on into it. Um, for best audiobook. Um, so here's the thing, you guys. <laughs> We've said it many times on the podcast. But we don't, we don't, it's hard for us to listen to audiobooks when, for books that we do on the podcast. Because it's hard to like make notes and um, really pay super close attention. Highlight the, things. And yeah, and so we haven't actually listened to many. We used to do it more. We used to listen to audiobooks more. Well, and we used to also, I mean, I, I think we also used to do more books for leisure when we used to do right every, every other week. week. Um, and when I was working, I it was hard for me not to do an audiobook because yeah. I didn't have time to read as much. So... We are awarding the smart the the best audiobook award to the catalog of smarty pants romance books. Why are we doing that, Ellen? If you think if you know us at all, <laughs> you know why we're doing that. Um, Chris Brinkley, aka Tennessee Sex Voice, aka Tennessee Sex Voice, um, is very prominent in the smarty pants romance ouvroir. and. Um, I think it helps that, like, we met him this year and yeah. we're kind of buddies with him now. Goes, um, goes without saying. <laughs> we're There's old, probably restraining orders in the works. <laughs> we're old pals at this point. Um, but, I mean, A, we love everything that's going on over there anyway, but especially you give us more Tennessee sex voice, yeah. that's always going to be our winner for best yeah. audiobook. Um Jen weighed in and she said for audiobook, I vote The Unhoneymooners for Best Banter and Best Audiobook. I love the narrator on that book and listen to it over and over for the banter. Um, so check that one out. Yeah, we'll have to check that one out. Okay, um, next award, coincidentally, is for Best Banter. Um, so some honorable mentions. We considered Melt For You, which has great, great banter. banter. Um, we considered the Wallflower Wager, which is a Tessa Dare and automatically, therefore, has great, great banter. banter. Um, but as Jen suggested, and as we agree, we are giving best banter to The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, which they are also known mm, for yes. great banter. And um, this book was no exception. So best banter goes to The Unhoneymooners. Well, and that was such a great premise. And the whole... 
wedding scene with the pukerama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great book. We wanted to have it on there. And I mean, it's it's getting tossed around in a lot of these end of year, um, in these end of year awards for a lot of people. Um, so best side character. Um, <laughs> this was, we considered uh, an honorary mentions for Bingley from Brooklyn Air. Um, Lord Akeldama from Solace. There's a lot of great candidates. Great characters. But here's the thing, you guys. We came up with this category for one person and one person only, and that was Bailey from Making Faces by Amy Harmon. He literally is the reason we added this category. Because <laughs> we loved him so much. Yeah, and if, if you haven't read the book or haven't listened to the episode, like... He is a big part of why we love that book as much as we did. Well, and and as a side character, he has more going on. He ha- he has a huge part of the story. Yeah. So it's not just um you know he's not just like peripheral to the story. He's yeah. got a huge part of the plot and the story. So you know he he made his way into being. Yeah. And I think if you've read the book, you'll understand yeah. like why we had. If no you just other- listen to our podcast, on the book, <laughs> yeah. you'll see. Yeah, that. you'll understand why we had no other choice he but to have a huge place in our hearts. Yes. Um, Lori for best side character. She said, "My vote for best side character goes to the entire group of the guys in the bromance book club. They were all such fun, well developed characters, and their involvement added both humor and heart to the story. I think they're so well developed because." They're all getting they're their all, own dang books. They're all in there. So, um, Jen said, best sidekick, a tie between Cletus and Richie slash Gertrude from The Flat Share. Which, if we could give every award to Cletus ever, that's yeah. what we would <laughs> we do. Would, we would give um, them him all of them. But he's definitely a good side character, especially in Beard Necessities. Yeah. All those Winston's. Well, and in Beard With Me. I mean, yeah, it's, he, yeah, it's he, true. He was yeah. good in both. Um, well, he's good in everything. We love Cletus. We do love Cletus. Um, okay, next award. Most awkward sex scene to read together, a.k.a. the hottest award. Um, so we considered Rafe, which had some... A lot of... More sexy times than Mom had previously read. Um, we considered Dark Lover, not because it was more awkward for us to read together, but because it got <laughs> awkward talking about that one. Um, the whole Peaches thing. Yeah, the whole Peach... Go com- listen to that podcast. <laughs> that whole, the whole Peach conversation got a little away from us um, on Dark Lover. So, yeah, go take a listen to that. But especially when you talk about the hottest and also awkward to read together we wanted to give this award to all of the dirty talk in fix her up by tessa bailey and especially that baseball dugout scene yeah um he he was a a dirty dirty boy and talked very dirty which um we've talked about this before but anytime i find something hot it automatically becomes awkward for me to read with my mother i don't understand ellen so that is how that went um okay next category is for the best heroine um we considered georgie castle from fix her up she was a fun heroine um alexia tarabati from soulless which she's the best part i mean just i think it's more gail carriger's 
writing for Alexia right. is so much fun in Soulless. Um, Scarlet slash Claire from Beard Necessities. Uh, Tiffy from The Flat Share. But um, we decided to go with best heroine goes to Esme Tran from The Bride Test by Helen Huang. That's my dog. Um, <laughs> he agrees. Um, I think I... For me, I wanted to give it to Esme just because I think she is the most distinctive heroine of 2019. I loved her whole journey. I loved Helen Huang's journey with her. Well, and she's different than all the other heroines. She's got other stuff going on. Yeah, and and, um, I kind of love how Helen Huang initially set out to have her be kind of the antagonist to the story. But she just kind of, like, gained this voice of her own that she had no choice but to make her the heroine of of that book. And I just love that whole thing with her. Um, So, yeah. So, Esme Tran is our best heroine of of the year. Um, Best hero. You guys. We could have gone on literally all day on this one. I told Dan, I said, next year we're going to have to break this up (laughs) somehow. Somehow. Um, we considered Brooks from The Witness. We considered Piers from How to Love a Duke. We considered Cam McGregor from Melt for You. We considered Kai from The Bride Test. Leon from The Flat Share. And Drew Danforth from Waiting for Tom Hanks. Um, but in the end, because we've been building up to him for a while now, and we have loved him all along the way. Through many, many books. Our best hero of 2019 is Billy Winston in Beard Necessities by Penny Reed. Um, yeah, I've we've loved Billy. I mean, like you hear us in when we talked about Doctor Strange Beard, it was a Billy love fest even then. Well, even so, back to Beard Science, I mean, I'm, yeah. we talked about Billy in that one too. And yeah. How? Uh, yes. So. Billy, Billy Winston. He's, he's been a love character since. Well, even in the Knitting in the City series, when in you know beard must beard and the mustache, beauty and the mustache, beauty and the mustache. I was like, I'm not saying this right. Um, yeah, he's great back in that story. So yeah, so Billy for hero. I'm I am confident in in that choice. Um, Amber put her vote in for Robert Carraway from England's Perfect Hero. The title says it all, she says. He was just wonderful. He's also an interesting hero because he didn't seem overly alpha or beta. And that is, when we were talking about hero, we were like, it has to be someone that, like, stands out. Because we always love the hero, which is evident from our honorable mentions. I mean, there's very rare times when we don't love the hero well they're written for us to love them so yeah yeah um i did like i when ellen and i were talking about it, i said i really did like the hero from um england's mm-hmm. perfect hero because i liked his journey from kind of being broken and not speaking yeah. for so long and then yeah but in the end if there's a winston brother that's eligible yeah they're Sorry. gonna be hard you, you gotta put them on there somewhere yeah um okay swooniest moment um we considered you know a lot for this as well we talked about the balcony scene from the flat share we talked about Piers's realization of her past and how to love a duke there was a lot you know and we talk about these foody moments every episode um and so what we landed on which i'm concerned may be because it was so recent and easy for us to remember is the letter scene from Edenbrook 
in uh, by Julianne Donaldson. Well, the other thing though is, is people were commenting on that book almost universally. Every, yeah, everyone said, "And that letter, letter writing scene—it's <laughs> true." And like when we were talking, when we were going back and like talking about all these scenes, it's like, but nothing quite had the like oomph of that like Passion. letter scene. And and she's so naive about everything, and and you're just like, girl, you gotta be able to see it. Yeah, and. I, I, I think it's a good choice because, yeah, like you said, everybody mentioned that scene. And there's just, I can't think of another scene where after finishing the book, I was just like, oof, I am going to remember that for yeah. ever. So I'm also confident in our pick for that. I feel I feel good about that. Um, but I'd love to hear other people's as well because we didn't, we didn't get many people weighing in on uh, their swooniest moment. Um, best listener recommendation. So this one was also difficult because pretty much all of them, most of the, yeah, <laughs> most of the books we read this year were listener recommendations, but there were some books that were like more championed by specific people. And, um, we considered spotless that was recommended to us by listener, Sarah, uh, flat share, which was recommended to us by listener and author Carrie. And um, Earthbound, which was recommended to us by listener Christy. Um, But in the end, the book that we probably... And the way I picked this one is we loved it the most and probably would not have discovered it otherwise is um, Melt For You by J.T. Geisinger as recommended to us by listener Kristen. Um, We loved this book. And it was hard to not pick it for a lot of categories um this was a good one for hero and banter and Kristen just uh really gets us yeah. on, on this one it was a good one <laughs> um if you haven't read that one it's it's a hard recommend f- from both of us Definitely. I know. um so Kristen congratulations <laughs> you are the listener award this year um okay And then our next category is best new to us read of 2019. So this is a book that has not come out in 2019, but we read it this year. um, For the first time. For the first time. And uh, so, yeah, so just a book from years past that we want to give a shout out to. So we couldn't really use Lordy and Mackenzie for this one because we'd both already read it. Yes, correct. Um, So some honorable mentions. Uh, We considered Making Faces, Hard horror we considered making faces um we considered soulless uh the witness by nora roberts melt for you aforementioned melt for you edenbrook butter butterface all great picks yeah um but in the end we went with uh, spotless by camilla monk um mom especially i loved this series and i loved the slow burn i loved all the action. I loved how bonkers it was. I just loved, I loved him as a character. I loved his fastidiousness. Fastidiousness. And, yes. and um, you know, just he breaks into her house and washes her dishes. Who doesn't, who doesn't want that? Well, we, because we read the first book for the podcast and then mom went through oh. and read the whole series. I read anything I could get my hands on. I just, I loved it. And, um, 
Yeah, I just thought it was great. And, yeah, we and if you get into the story more, and then I mean, crazy stuff happens. She loses her memory, and I mean, all kinds. Of, there's all kinds spoiler of stuff. Spoiler alert! Spoiler geez. alert! Spoiler alert! But um, uh, yeah, it's pretty bonkers, but it's just really, really a fun read. Yeah, and you know, some people might argue that it's not the most romancy of romances, but there's definite romance oh, still taking. There's place. definitely a romance in there, and yeah. um, I loved it, and. I'm just grateful that I was introduced to those characters. So. Yes. So thanks to Sarah for that. Um, in contention for listener recommendation of the yes. year as well. Um, okay. So the big one. Best release of 2019. Um, there were a lot. We There were a lot of contenders this year. Um, I know last year we kind of hadn't read as many new releases as we had this year. Um, we considered... Uh, I'm worried that all these honorable mentions are going to give it away. We considered Beard Necessities, uh, The Unhoneymooners, How to Love a Duke in 10 Days, The Wallflower Wager, uh, Bride Test, and Waiting for Tom Hanks were all ones that we discussed. Um, but at the end of the day, we picked as our best release of 2019, The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. Now... Mom, why why do you think this is a good pick for... Well, the thing I really liked about this book is it was a different uh, premise than anything else that we'd ever read. The yeah. whole thing with... Uh, the letters. The notes going back and forth and them kind of falling for each other before they even met each other. And they didn't even meet each other till well into the book, like mm-hmm. more than 50% into the book. And um, then the whole... It was just so great. And the... Um, Great characters, great side characters. Yes. Um, totally different, like innovative writing the styles to at it. The end. All of it was just so fun to read, and we just loved that book. Yeah, I loved the like different POVs. It just felt like totally unique to everything else we read this year. Um, kind of like came and surprised both of us. This was recommended to us pretty um, adamantly by Carrie Winfrey, who wrote Waiting for Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, we both just really, really loved this one. And if you haven't read it, I, I think it's a great pick for this year. And, um, I also just, I think it's a good pick also because, um, it really shows kind of what romance can do and how it can be so unique and different, but also she gets into some really interesting deeper topics with like emotional abuse and um all of that amber listener amber weighed in she said she also picked this as her best release for 2019 she said it was just all around one of the best books i read this year the characters were so wonderfully unique the story was lighthearted but also had some depth to it what with the mentally destructive boyfriend and the framed brother in prison yeah there was just a lot of stuff um I, yeah, I really loved this book. Highly recommend. Um, some other picks that listeners recommended. Sarah said, Best for me by far was How to Love a Duke in 10 Days by Kerrigan Byrne. It's so much more than the whimsical title suggests. It's heartbreakingly beautiful. And as tough a subject matter it is, I still can't wait to read it again. Um, and then Lori says, I think Beer Necessities wins Best New Release of 2019 for me. It was a highly anticipated and ultimately satisfying end to one of my all-time favorite series. And yeah, that's a big part of why it was in contention for us as well. Um, 
but yeah, so those are our picks for best of the year. And I hope that you guys aren't too angry at us for any of those. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I will stand firm by all of those. And we can agree to disagree. Yeah, for you'd, sure. You'd be wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's a reason we had honorable mentions because seriously, like some of these categories were harder than others. Really hard to pick. Too. And then, you know... With me in my memory, it's hard for me to remember all the way back to yeah. the beginning of the year. I, I won't lie. I was going back and listening to like some earlier episodes in the year to be like, I know we liked this one, but I need to think about right specifically what we liked about it. Um. So yeah. So that's the best of 2019. It's been a great year. We've read a lot of. We read a lot of really good books. We did read a lot of good books, and we uh, read a lot of. In fact, I was as I was looking through, I was like, Oh, we love that one. Oh, we love that one. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> and yeah. so it's funny to go through and look at all the pictures and remember all the books that we read. Yeah. Good year of reading, Mom. Yes, Ellen. Um, thanks to all of you for sticking with us this year. Um, it's been a fun year. Like I've loved kind of changing i've both loved and hated going uh <laughs> to <weekly>. the weekly <laughs> um but it's been so much fun to read along with you guys all year long and to kind of get the facebook group going now where there's a lot more interaction and uh we love it and we just love our little community that we have we growing do. here and um we hope that everybody has a good holiday season and we're excited like we said to dive into it 2020 and yep. see what 2020 has to bring for us so uh we'll see you guys all next year we'll try to post some more dance party videos from the <laughs> yeah. Lloyd family dance party <laughs> there you go <laughs> um but yeah we'll see you guys all next year and uh yeah so thanks so much again for joining us again if you would like to join us for bringing down the duke by evie dunmore in four weeks on January 6th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review and, and don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right, everybody have a good new year and a good holidays and we will see you in 2020. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.